I feel like we talk about moving with God in 2020. I know I, I got to skip over Christmas because um, won't, we won't see each other perhaps until January. So I really want to go into the new year. And I feel like this word God wants to use to really propel you into the next year if you're ready for that. And so can we just pray real quick? Can we just pray real quick, real quick, real quick? Lord, we thank you for every person here. We pray that you would speak mightily through the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so I want you guys to know, you know, what they shared is just a snippet of what life really is. That's really living. I want you guys to know, the American dream, that's a, that's a lie, you know, about having a nice house, nice car, two-car garage, two-and-a-half kids, and a dog. That's, that's a lie. You know, there's a guy in the Bible who tried to go for that. His name was Moses. You know, I'm, I can't go through the whole story of Moses, but Moses, you see, he was a prince. He had everything. Yeah. Then some things went wrong. We'll get into that later. Then he ran away from that. Then he found a quiet little town in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. He was settling down, got married, had a kid, had a good job, just taking care of some sheep, minding his own business. And he thought, this is it, right? This is it. I found it. I lost it, but then I found it again, that American dream. And then one day, I don't know how, but God drew him to a burning bush, and everything changed. Let me tell you guys something. If, I, if we could talk to Moses right now, I guarantee you he would say, yeah, I wasted those 40 years <laughs> taking care of sheep. I wish I found that burning bush so much sooner. Guys, that's real living. What they shared, when you walk with God, that's real living. Yeah. That's real life, guys. When you see what God is doing in other people's lives and you have a hand in that, when you see what God is doing and changing people's lives from despair to hope, from death to life, from brokenness to wholeness, that's living, guys. Not a nine-to-five job where you get lots of money. Of course, I'm using examples for myself, okay? And then you get to buy as many Yeezys as you want because they're just dropping all week long, and you just want to get a new car. And I'm just saying, you know, like, that only goes so far. And I really believe in 2020, God's asking you one simple question. He's saying, I'm going on an adventure. And he's saying, do you want to come? That's it. He says, I'm going on an adventure, and I want to know, do you want to come? But I believe today that there's three things that keep us from that. And we're going to look at Moses in Exodus real quick. Because he asks three really common questions that we ask too right before we're about to go on an adventure. Because he's scared. And I want to talk about these three things. But I want to tell you a quick story about a time that I went on an adventure that I thought, man, I'm in way over my head. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys feel this way, so I want to give you hope. It always has to do with hiking. So my story is not as crazy as Daniel's, Pastor Daniel. <laughs> uh, but he's just crazy, but now he's not as crazy. But I, want, but I can only tell my own story. So real quick, it was a basketball. I was on a basketball team for my church. It was a, it was a trip where we were supposed to like bond as a team. So we decided to do um, Half Dome. And this was like, oh my gosh, I, this is like over 10 years ago. I was like 21, 22. And so they didn't have permits and stuff before. So as many people as they want could go and climb the, uh, the, the, the summit, if you guys know. So I actually had no idea, like I have no reference point for how long a mile is. So when my coach was like, yeah, it's like 11 miles, like one way. And I'm like, uh, I don't know what that means. I'm like, okay, whatever, right? I'm just some 21-year-old kid, right? So like we, we go, and it's so funny because we screw up like everything. So... We, we, were supposed to, we were supposed to wake up at 6 so we could start. We woke up at 8. So we're already late. We started at 9. So we're already starting late, and my coach is already pissed off. And so we're, we're hiking fast as fast as we can, right? Have you guys ever done Half Dome? Have anyone done Half Dome? Okay, so it's really funny. There's, there's a, 
So we climb up, right? We reached this one point. We, 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 it was really hard. It was like straight incline for like the first like hour. And we went and then like, we we're like, yeah, we made it, right? So like this like this nice rest area. There's like this huge waterfall. It's really pretty. Like, everyone's taking pictures, right? We're like, yeah, guys, we made it. Wow, that was so easy. My coach is like, you idiots. It's like the first like, he's like, this is the first rest stop. He's like, we have like so much more to go. And like, I was already like, this might be TMI, but I was like wearing a backpack and I was like carrying all the liquids because I was the only guy who was prepared and brought a backpack. So I was carrying everything, but my back was like already soaked with sweat. And I'm like, what? And there's like, no, we have way more to go. So we kept hiking. We hiked for like another three hours, right? And we get to the top and I was so ill prepared. And so the very top, it's like, it's really cool. Like you come out of this like forest, you come out of this clearing and you just see like the last summit. It's like the last like 500 feet, but it's like crazy incline. It's, and it's on this very like slippery rock. And so they have these, um, these stakes that they put in the ground, one on each side, every so many feet. And there's a plank of wood and then there's a cable that runs across. So it's kind of like a stairway. Can you guys imagine that? And I was wearing ASICs. So I was like, Mm, not prepared. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh. And then luckily there's this community pile of gloves because I was also not prepared for that. So we grabbed gloves and we're climbing up the cables. But here's the part that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in over my head. Because there was no permits back then. There's just a hundred of people. It's like hundreds of people. So we were like, okay, like, oh, I'm not going to wait, right? So we're just like, we're just going to go. So we're going, right? But you imagine you go like a couple steps and you stop and you're just like, oh my gosh, Lord. And then you're just waiting. You're just like on this incline. And I'm just thinking to myself, hurry up. Why aren't people moving faster? And you just go a couple more feet and you just stand there. And you're just suspended. But you have to like, like flex everything, right? Because you're like standing on this incline. And literally I feel myself slipping and I'm like, Lord, I don't want to die here. I was just like, man, like I'm way too young. I'm not even married. And I'm just like, I'm just like, God, it can't end like this. I'm, like, I'm in way over my head. I, have, I, I don't have any of the right gear. And then I look to my left and I see like this like stray set of like shoes and a hat and gloves. And I'm like, oh my God, someone just died here. <laughs> and look on the other side and there's like more people's stuff on the side. And I'm just like, oh Lord, oh Lord. So obviously we made it, right? But oh my gosh, that was crazy. Like I was in way over my head. I was so ill-prepared. Like why do I tell you that story? I tell you that story because God has grace. And I want you to know when he calls you to an adventure and you feel like you're in over your head, that's okay. God He'll, he'll take care of you. Yeah, yeah. So I want you to let go of your logic, yeah. first of all, okay? So let's go to the, to the book of Exodus, chapter 3. We're going to look at the three questions that Moses asked God when he went to the burning bush. And I believe each of these questions are so powerful. I'm going to save the beginning for the end because the beginning is so good. So we're going to go straight to verse 11, chapter 3, verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So what you have to know is that God said, he commanded him, I need you to go back and free my people. My people who are the Israelites are in Egypt and they're enslaved right now. So he's saying, I'm going to send you back. And the first thing that he says is, who am I? That's the first question. I don't know if you guys are thinking that. Have you guys ever felt like God was telling you to do something? You had an opportunity to go somewhere? Something came up, and you're like, wow, maybe God wants me to do this, or go here, or talk to that person, or do that. But then this little voice came in your head, and you said, wow, but who am I? Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. 
I can't do something great like that. I can't do something big like that. Who, who, who am I? I want you guys to know something. You know what's at the heart of that question, really? When you set your worth, 99% of the time what we do is we do it based on, what, on our, our achievements, on what we've done, on our status. And you know what's so funny about Moses? I understand. Maybe you can understand what some of the things that Moses was. He was adopted. Maybe he thought to himself, who am I? I'm abandoned. I don't have any family. You think about it, Moses actually had three families. He was a Hebrew who was given up and adopted by the Egyptian princess. So he grew up as an Egyptian, but then he ran away into the, into the desert. And his family that he married into was Midianite. So he's like, I don't really have any family. Who am I? I don't belong anywhere, God. I'm a nobody. I'm not really Hebrew. I'm not really Egyptian. I'm not even really Midianite. I'm just here. Who am I? Who am I? Just some shepherd out here in the middle of nowhere. Who am I? I haven't done anything great. Or maybe you think about your mistakes. Then he thinks, maybe you not know this, but Moses was a murderer. You ever hear those sermons where it's like, you know, he's not like Prince of Egypt? I got one quip with that movie. You know, they, they make Moses look kind of good. Like, he looks like he, may, he like, had an accident, and then, like, like he was, like, wrestling the uh, Egyptian. He kind of, like, had an accident, and he, like, accidentally pushed him off the scaffolding, and he died. That's not what happened in the Bible. <laughs> the Bible clearly says that he looked around, yeah. and then he killed him. And then he buried him. I don't know about you. I haven't buried a body. I'm just hypothetically saying. It's a lot of work, and it takes a lot of time. So if you're going to bury a body, this sounds really bad. Like, I know. I really don't know. I'm just really, like, hypothetically, like, that takes a lot of planning to not want to get found out when you're digging a grave by yourself. I'm thinking that takes a while. Anyway, whatever. So basically, he's a murderer because it's, it's, it's preconceived. <laughs> okay, he's a murderer. So he's like, who am I? Like, God, you got the wrong guy. Like, you want me to save people? You don't know what I did? I killed somebody. I can't save nobody. Like, who am I? Who am I? I want you guys to know something. When God asks you to move in 2020, you might be tempted to say, who am I? But let's look at the answer God gives. So powerful. God says in verse 12, but I will be with you. I will be with you. And don't worry about the rest of that stuff. He's just more instructions. I want to focus on that. He says, no, don't worry about that. He says, but I will be with you. But I will be with you. Do you guys know something? Your identity is not in what you do. It's not in what you have done or what you will do. It's not in your status. It's not in your family. It's not in where you come from. It's not from your past. It's not from what you've achieved. It's not what you can inherit. It's none of that. Who you are is first who your father is, your heavenly father. And secondly, it's the one who says, you are mine. That's what God is saying in that moment. He's saying, but I will be with you. He's saying, you're mine. He's saying, your identity is with me. It's like when you have a friend that comes stand next to you and says, he's with me. He's with me. Like, and God is a big God. So when God comes and he stands next to you and he looks at your situation and all the enemies and all the people who want to speak down on you, he says, no, he's with me. Do you guys see that? Let's look at the second question that Moses asked. Verse 13. Then Moses said to God, because, you know, Moses got a lot of excuses. If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Now, what does this question really have to do with you? You might be like, I know God's name. It's God or Jesus or Holy Spirit. Like, I don't need to, well, what's he really asking? I want, I, we have to read between the lines. What's he really asking? But in order to really know what he's saying, you have to know 
his last conversation with a Hebrew. Yeah. You see what happened was when he killed that Egyptian, yeah. the next day he was feeling kind of good about himself, you know? He's like, yeah, I, 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 I righted a wrong because that Egyptian, I didn't tell you, sorry, was actually beating up on a Hebrew. So he came and he felt like he did the right thing. So the next day, he's feeling pretty good about himself, but then he sees two Hebrews fighting each other. And he comes over to them, and he says, why are you guys fighting? We're brothers. And they turn and look at him, and they say, very important question, who made you prince and judge over us? That's the first question. And the second question they asked was, are you going to kill me like you killed that Egyptian? But that first question is so important. He, they literally asked him, who made you prince and judge over us. Now, what does that mean to, to Moses? They're basically saying to him, you're nobody. So the second question, what I believe Moses is inside Moses' mind is, other people don't think I can do it. I'm asking you guys, have you heard other people put you down? Other people tell you you can't do it. Maybe it's your family, to be really real with you. You have some crazy dream. And they're like, no, I want you to be a lawyer or an engineer. <laughs> or a doctor. <laughs> or I don't know what else is typical. <laughs> you know? Like, no, you're not going to do that. Yeah. What if it's other people when you tell them your dream? And they're like, they look at you like, your friends are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? You can't do that. <laughs> what if it's your enemies, your opponents, people who ridiculed you, people who bully you, people who make fun of you? People who troll you. I, I, I feel like the enemy wants to come in and spread lies and tell you you can't do it. Then he asks you, who, who said you could do that? That's the real question. Do you guys catch that? That's what they're really saying. He's saying, who said you could do that? Who said you had the ability to do that? I want you guys to know something. I feel like God is saying, don't listen to those voices. Do you know the craziest thing about what those two Hebrews said to Moses? It was that it was actually true. Yeah. He was a prince, yeah. and he is able to judge them yeah. Yeah. as an Egyptian. And guess what happened? When he came back, guess what he was? He was a prince because he was a son of God, yeah. and he was their judge. Yeah. <laughs> you see how ironic the enemy, when he comes in and says those lies to you. Guys, I'm trying to tell you guys something. A lot of times when the enemy comes and gives you a lie, it's so ironic. It's so ironic. He says the exact thing you can't do because he knows that God's about to let you do that. He wants to go right to what you say you can't do because he knows that God's going to come and tell you you can do it. So he has to try to beat him to the punch and say you can't do it before God can come in and say you can do it. I'm going to tell you guys something. The next time you hear the devil or someone else tell you you can't do it, I want you to go to your father and say, tell me to do it. I want to do it right now. That's how crazy what they said was. It was so ironic. I, 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 you guys know, I'm so petty. If I was Moses, I'd be so petty. I'd find those exact two guys and be like, I saw this bush. No, I'm just kidding. I'm so petty. I'm so bitter. Okay. So anyway, that's why he picked Moses. But I want you guys to know something. Don't let what other people say or what the devil says come and stop you from what God wants to do in your life and where he wants to move you. And you know what? God is going to ask you to do something crazy. But isn't that what makes it fun? The second thing that I want you guys to know is that Moses was also saying, 
What if they don't believe me in saying that I failed before? Wow. A past failure. Yeah. He's like, you know, God, I tried to right a wrong. I tried to free them. Yeah. They didn't want to receive it. They didn't want my help. I failed. Mm. I can't do this again. What if, I, I, I want to know if I'm speaking to someone in this room who feels like you tried something before and it didn't work out, but you feel like God is saying, don't quit. And you're like, God, I can't do that again. Yeah. I can't bring myself to try that again. I, I, I tried reaching out to my parents. It didn't end well. Yeah. I just can't do it again. Yeah. I just can't. I just can't have that conversation. You know, I tried reconciling with that person. It didn't end well. I tried to be patient at work. It didn't end well. I tried to honor my boss. It didn't end well. I tried. I tried, God. Yeah. It didn't end well. I can't do it again. I don't have enough faith or enough hope to do it again. Wow. Can we look at what God said? Mm. Normally I have my notes. Mm. Mm. It's here. Let's look again in Exodus. Right? What, 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 what's God's answer? God said to him, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you. Guys, the answer to the question of what other people say, I'm going to steal a line from the rock. It doesn't matter. <laughs> What's your name is? That's what he says. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they say because I am sent you. The next time someone says something to you, you say, it doesn't matter what you think <laughs> because you didn't ask me to do it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And can I say it more gently to you if you're the one who's struggling with doing it again a second time because you failed? I'm sorry. But unfortunately, your past failure doesn't matter either. Because God sent you. So you gotta tell that failure, it doesn't matter. You look at that failure and you say, it doesn't matter. You didn't send me. God sent me. So let's look at his third question. I love his third question. We have to go to chapter four because that's how long their conversation is. Mm, I love the Old Testament. When else can you have a conversation between a man and God? Verse four, chapter four, verse 10. So, but Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, like the last five minutes. <laughs> He's basically saying, uh, I don't feel any stronger, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Yeah. You guys ever make excuses because you feel like yeah. you don't have what it takes? You don't got the skills, you don't got the talent, you don't got the resources? Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't. You got the wrong guy, God, I can't, I can't. I, 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 don't, I don't got it. What's in, I don't got what it takes inside of me. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, I, I just want to go straight to the thing that God did. It's so powerful. God gave him his brother Aaron. He said, fine, 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 fine. I'll give you your brother. He can speak for you. Here's, here's this one part that I caught. If you read through, if you read through Exodus, I want you to count how many times Aaron talks and count how many times Moses talks. I got news for you. Aaron didn't even really talk that many times. I think Aaron talked less than three times. What did that tell me? When I saw that, oh my gosh, it's like my brain exploded. I was like, what? Why did that happen? I want you guys to know something. Many times when we say we can't do it, the provision that God provides is not outside of you. God gave him Aaron. He didn't even use him. In the moment, in the moment, God strengthened him. God gave him what he needed inside of you. I want to tell you guys here today that the answer to your prayer is not something that happens outside of you. God wants to give you the answer 
inside of you. Don't be looking for, oh yeah, God, send someone else, or send me help, or send like, you know, change this situation, make it easier, change them, change this, change that. No, 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 no. I want you guys to know something. The one prayer you should do is you should, you should say, God, give me everything I need. Change me inside. That's what I need. Moses didn't even know, and it happened. God just gave him Aaron so he would stop complaining. <laughs> Do you guys realize that? He's like, okay, 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 stop, stop whining. Okay, okay, I love you, Moses. You're my son. Here's Aaron. Take your brother. Now get out of here. You're wasting time. But in the heat of the moment, he didn't even use Aaron. If I was Aaron, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, uh, you asked me to come. Now what am I going to do? Just sit here in the front row and watch you preach? That's lame. So like, you asked me to come along with you. I'm going to tag along. But anyway, don't worry about that. Aaron's a good brother. I would not have been a good brother. I would have been mad. You guys realize that? Yeah. Moses didn't even need Aaron. I came here to tell someone today that what you think you're lacking, you're not really lacking. What you think you need, you don't need that. What you think you're praying for because I need this to succeed, God is saying, no, you don't need that. He's saying, all you need is me. It's just me and you on this adventure. You don't need anything else. I want us, guys, to be so focused in our prayer. Don't pray for the wrong thing. Don't be like Moses and ask for the wrong thing. I need Aaron. I need Aaron. I need Aaron. You don't need Aaron. You're not even going to use him. You need God. And in that moment, I believe with all my heart that God will transform you on the inside and give you everything you need in that moment to overcome and to succeed. You don't need Aaron. But God will give it to you just to make you feel good. It's okay. <laughs> Now, here's the last part. We're going to wrap this up. It's a little mini sermon. We're going to wrap this up. I love Moses' last, last, last ditch effort. God answers all his questions, everything. And then here's Moses' last line, Exodus 4, 13. But he said, oh, Lord, please send someone else. That's it. That's it. That's the bottom line. He's just like, God be giving him everything he asked for. And then at the last moment, like a spoiled brat, he goes, oh, I don't want to go. Just send someone else. Can I be real with you guys? I'm going to be a little hard on you guys because I love you. But can I tell you something? At the end of the day, every decision you make is volitional. No more excuses, guys. I want you guys to know something. Moses threw every excuse in the book out there. Who am I? I'm a nobody. Look at my past. I, da, 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 da. I tried it before. I failed. I can't do it. I can't speak. He threw everything at God. But you know, at the end of the day, guys, it's a very simple decision. It's volitional. It's not, it's not logical. It's not logistical. It's not circumstantial. It's not financial. It's not spiritual. It's a volitional decision. It's you saying yes or no. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Don't, don't, don't crowd it up with all this other stuff, all this other junk, and make it this really complicated decision like, oh, I don't know, God. Can I be real with you guys? I'm going to tell you a quick story. So many times when I was in church, when people would ask me to do something, I would give the Christian answer and be like, I'm going to pray about it. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you what that really means? I don't want to do it, but I don't want to tell you no right now, so I'm going to wait a week, and then I'll tell you no later. Okay? That's literally what that meant. Because people would be like, hey, we got this like, little semi-formal dinner. We need people to help serve. Oh, let me pray about it. <laughs> I, I never went. You know? People would be like, oh, we got this like, Christmas program, and we need someone to work the soundboard, and they'd be like, ah, oh, let me pray about it. I just like, not do it. Guys, don't do that to God. Don't be like, I'll pray about it. And then PB said this, this line cracked me up. Who are you going to pray to? <laughs> it's the same person who asked you to do it. <laughs> what you talking about? 
My point is, guys, let's cut out all that unnecessary excuses. I believe in 2020, I'm going to land this plane. I believe in 2020, I truly believe this. God is going to do something amazing in this house. But it's not going to be easy. And also, it's not going to be something that we feel like we can do. Otherwise, it's not that amazing. It's going to be something so outlandish, so crazy. We're going to be like, "Mm, I don't know, God. I'm going to pray about it. No. My point is, guys, I want you guys to just know that when that moment comes, when the Holy Spirit gives you what he wants you to do for 2020, don't be like Moses and get caught up in all the excuses. No, at the end of the day, it's just one question. It's yes or no. It's volitional. Remove everything else. All that other stuff on the table, it's not really on the table. God's going to take care of it. It's not really there. The bottom line is, is it yes or no? God is saying, are you going to come with me or not? Are you going to do this or not? I'm going. I want you to come. Are you going to come or not? That's it. It's volitional, guys. Don't, let's not complicate it. And you know, if you're, not a, if you're not a believer in Christ, can I say something to you? I'm so glad you're here this morning. I want you to know, sometimes in our, in our faith walk, when we think about, oh, I need to discover God. I need to know more about him. I need to know this. I need to know that. Can I just be real with you? That's also a volitional, that's also a volitional decision. You choosing to believe in God is volitional. It's not an intellectual decision. It's not, a, it's not an informational decision. It's not, oh, I got to be convinced, or I got to know more, or maybe if I you know, feel like it's this or that, or maybe I got to do more research, or maybe I got to do this or that. Uh-uh. They did research. I took the evangelism class. I'll, I'll, I'll cut straight to the point. <laughs> they did research, guys. Every person they ask questions to, at the end of the day, after they ask 50 questions, when the apologetist gets, the apologist gets to the end, you know, what, you know what the person at the end always says after all their questions are answered? I just don't want to believe in God. Yeah. I just don't want to right now. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah. I'm not saying that to make you feel bad, but I'm saying right now in this moment, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, that's okay. I'm glad you're here. But I want you to know something. Whatever's keeping you from putting your faith in him, don't get, don't, don't get caught up in, oh, I'm not sure if he can be proven with archaeology or history, or I don't know if it's true or not. I want you guys to know something. It's faith. I want you to know at the end of the day, your faith in Jesus is faith. It's not information. And what's keeping you from him is not because you didn't know enough, or you need to see a sign, or you need to feel something. It's volitional. You just choose him. You just say yes. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, but you feel like he's been, he's been prodding you, or you've been feeling like, man, maybe I should make that decision. I don't know. I don't know if I should just jump into this church thing. It's so weird. They, they, they're kind of weird, you know? They start crying and no one's here, and they're talking about people that aren't in the room, and they're like speaking in other languages. Like, I don't know about this. I'm going to tell you guys right, I'll tell you right now. It's volitional. Yeah. It's just a decision. It's either yes or no. Yeah. Don't complicate it. And don't make excuses for it. Mm, mm. Can you guys just close your eyes right now? I believe the Spirit of God wants to do something in this moment. Yeah. You know, we're all Moses right now. You know, and it was so powerful because when we were worshiping, I, I saw a picture of the burning bush in the front. I saw a picture of the burning bush in the front. You know, and I heard the Lord say, remove your sandals. Remove your sandals. You know what else the sandals are? It's all those questions that Moses was asking. You know what's hilarious? God had him, had him remove his physical sandals before he could take off his spiritual ones, before he could take off his emotional ones, before he would take off his intellectual ones, before he would take off all of his other sandals. He said, take off your physical ones first. Yeah. 
God say, take off the easy one first. <laughs> then we'll get to the harder ones. <laughs> Guys, I feel like God is saying, no more excuses. Take off the sandals. I want to take you to somewhere deep, somewhere amazing. I want to take you to a place like Tijuana where you see these children and you'll change their lives forever where you will create new lineages in these entire families that were broken with drugs, with addictions, with prostitution, with, with brokenness and despair, and change their lives forever. He wants to do something so great in you and through you, in the people around you. But he had to say yes. He had to say yes. I feel the Spirit of the Lord saying, no more excuses. I feel like there's people in this room who you've had that conversation with God before about something. God told you to talk to that person. I don't know. I'm not really that close to that person. I just met them. I just started this job two weeks ago. It'd be really awkward if I was went up to them and started talking to them. You're making all these excuses, having this conversation. I feel like God is saying, no more excuses. No more excuses. I'm here with you. Mm. Mm, can I just drop one more, one more word on you guys? Do you guys realize that all three answers to Moses' questions weren't details of what was going to happen? It was, I am, I am, I am. Come on, guys. That's, that's a word for someone in this house right now. Every answer that Moses got was not about more details. What's the plan? What are you going to do? It was, I am, I am, I am. God said, the answer is not in what. The answer is in me. That's all it is. Every question you ask, God is saying, I'm not going to tell the answer. All I'm going to tell you is that I am who I am. Don't worry about it. I am who I am. Take your eyes off of that. I am. I am with you. I am sent you. I am who I am. Those are his three answers, guys. He didn't give him the answers he wanted. Isn't that frustrating? Maybe I'm speaking to someone in the house. You pray for something, and God gave you an answer that you weren't asking for. But I'm sorry. That's just the way that God rolls, because it's the answer that's the best. I feel like right now in this moment, he wants to give you a greater portion of his spirit, a greater portion of his presence right now, that the answer to your question is simply him. I am. I want you guys to know something. In his presence are pleasures forevermore. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Guys, everything you need is in his presence. Every answer you need is in his presence, is in who he is right now. And guys, he's going to take us on an amazing adventure, but I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. So right now, we're going to worship right now because I believe that, that, like I told you, I saw a picture of the burning bush right here. And I feel like the Lord is calling us right now to come to the holy place. And if you feel like the Lord is telling you right now to take off your sandals, I want you to come to the front right now.